Every Woman is a feminist show that highlights the struggles, triumphs, and accomplishments of women and girls and the men who support them. Every Woman includes a rich intersection of female voices that represent a wide range of ethnicities, social and economic status, as well as political and spiritual beliefs, with the purpose to enact social, political, environmental, and economic change. The views and opinions expressed on Every Woman are those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, KKFI staff, board, or management. And welcome to Every Woman here on KKFI. I am your second Saturday host, Jalissa Gillig, and I'm joined here in studio with Fiona and Rachel. Hello, y'all. How are you doing? Hi, Julissa. It's great to be here. Actually, physically here, although I'm kind of bent around the corner because I'm in the other studio. Yeah, this is the most folks we've had in here in quite a while. We, um, we've now utilized Studio A and B, so it's a very, very, like a banner day for us here at Every Woman. Yes, it's like we're <laughs> having to have the guests sit on somebody's lap, and that's not usually appreciated. Yeah, we just met the guests. I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe next time. <laughs> yes, and I, our guest is in studio here with us today, Jenny Hahn. I am so excited for her to join us in studio. And Jenny Hahn is a Kansas City-based visual artist who draws inspiration from nature, color, spiritual awakening, and the divine feminine. Um, she recently collaborated with writer Jessica Ricchetti to release the Wisdom of the Oracle deck, which serves as a tool for inward exploration. So today we're gonna be talking a little bit about, in general, what are Oracle decks? A lot of people are familiar with tarot, um, but we're gonna be getting into shadow work, talking about the deck itself, and then some of Jenny Han's creative process and artwork. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much, Jalissa. It's such an honor to be here uh, with you and Rachel and Fiona. And just to clarify, the oracle is Wisdom of the Shadow um, Oracle, not Wisdom of the Oracle. Ah, just um, just a clarification. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm at today. But we're we're getting into we're it. Here. Yes. We're here. We're doing good. Maybe I need to do some. Sh- I think that's a clear sign that I need to do some shadow work myself. <laughs> There's often resistance to the shadow. <laughs> there is. There 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 definitely is. Um, so yes, oh, welcome, Jenny. Thank and you, Jalissa. I would love for you to just uh, give us a little bit of an intro to how you ended up in Kansas City as a painter, as an artist, um, and what drew you to create this beautiful oracle deck that we're going to talk about today, too. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I actually am a Kansas City native, and um, I studied art here at the Kansas City Art Institute. Um, I've been a professional artist for over 20 years now. (laughs) Um, And I paint mostly in acrylic. Um, My work, uh, I strive to really capture the inward journey uh, through bold expression and a vibrant palette. And so um, I show my work, oh, well, around the world. um, I have prints and uh, sell originals. And the Oracle deck was actually a recent um, endeavor. So um, I have always been drawn to, uh, well, not particularly to shadow work, but basically my own healing work and uh, finding wholeness. And um, back when I was in art school, I was struggling and suffering quite a lot um, in a a somewhat invisible way. I um, 
I suffered from very low self-esteem and self-hate, and that kind of manifested as perfectionism and an eating disorder. And um, it took me a long time to heal and kind of find wholeness in my own life. And what I did was using, uh, I actually used painting as part of my healing practice, my healing process. And um, around that time I found both, around the same time I found meditation, I found a meditation group, and also a process art group. And so those two things sort of came together uh, in my life and provided an opportunity for me to really look within and to reintegrate um, the pieces of myself that I had stuffed down or felt wasn't good enough, felt wasn't acceptable. And that's really a lot of what shadow work is, um, is, is integration. Uh, some people think the sh- you know they hear shadow and they think it's scary or bad. Um, and shadow work, uh, it's, it's kind of become a, a buzz uh, buzzword as of late, but um, sha- the, the phrase shadow self was coined by uh, Carl Jung, the psychologist, and it really refers to like the parts of our unconsciousness, the parts of, the parts of ourselves that are unconscious and that our regular ego self doesn't want to embrace or uh, identify as oneself. And so um, like I said, the, the pieces that we've stuffed down, that um, we're hiding basically from ourselves even, um, that is what, uh, and it can be, it can be uh, you know, maybe the so-called quote-unquote quote unquote negative aspects of self, like our, our anger, our rage, our whatever, and then, but it can also be like our positive aspects, like our creativity might be buried in our shadow if we didn't get encouragement. Um, or, or our sexuality, or our power. And so, um, really, it's about bringing wholeness um, back to ourselves and to our lives. And this is probably a bigger answer than what you were asking originally. <laughs> that, that was such a beautiful, that was such a beautiful mm-hmm. description of shadow work, and I appreciate that you tying that to your own um, story as well. And yeah, shadow work mm-hmm. has become kind of a buzzword in spiritual community and therapeutic community and a lot of times it can be like well what does that even mean so I I think it's such like a eloquent kind of breakdown of the integration that there's these pieces of ourselves or these doubts or these self-criticisms or things that we want to hide and shelter when really um, we we really grow and thought and thrive when we pull those pieces together and have a more whole and accepting kind of sense of self and self exploration and discovery I think it's yes. it's um there's you can always get to know yourself a little bit more I think I think about that a lot absolutely um, and I loved your point about art being therapeutic um I would love for you to talk a little bit more about like your art process and how I'm sure there's plenty of listeners now who maybe like me who are like I'm not a visual artist. I'm not a painter or a drawer, but I have such an interest in art therapy, which is something that I discovered early on um, in going to like an art school myself to where I was like, I'm a writer. Mm. This is my interest in, I want to do criticism. I don't want to do writing, but I discovered art therapy and was like, 
oh, I thought I was going to study this. And they're like, no, you have to actually do it. You have to, you have to do the, you have to do the drawing. You have to like reflect and do the process and like figure out what it's all about, like on a personal level. Um, and I think yeah. that having a creative process is, can be so therapeutic, um, whether or not someone's like, I'm going to put this in a gallery or I'm going to show this to the world, but that it's such a, a awesome healing tool. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you're right. You don't have to have, you don't have to be a, a quote artist or have uh, even have any experience to use art making as a tool for self-discovery. And um, I actually, um, the group that I joined, you know, that I was mentioning earlier, this process art group um, was really, uh, really transformative. And I was actually one of the only, quote, trained artists in that group. Most people had never done art before, um, didn't consider themselves professional artists. And, and the work that I saw in that group was just so amazing, like just raw, really real, um, the emotional quality that uh, I mean it's just amazing what and there's actually a term for kind of these uh, uh, the untrained artists that use using art for therapy there's whole genres of like raw art or folk art they have all these names for it but basically people throughout history have used art for their own well-being their own mental health their own wellness their own soul and um it had such an impact on me. I've been using art in that way ever since, and I actually started uh, leading my own workshops and uh, partnered with uh, a friend of mine who was in that group, Stephanie Gray. We had, um, and we still have, Creative Nectar Studio. Uh, we had a storefront place in Mission, Kansas that some of the li listeners might have uh, been to before. Um, it's no longer there. Now we're mostly online uh, and traveling. But, but just to invite people to... Again, whether or not you've had any artistic ex experience to provide the spread of colors, of temper paints, and the materials, the paper, the, and just the invitation and the permission to be as big as you want to be, make a mess, or be as small as you want to be, but listening to the body, tuning in to see what is wanting to happen right now, and giving permission for that without needing to judge or critique or compare um, is really, really powerful. There's a magic, there's an alchemy that happens when we can really tune into ourselves and then see what is unexpressed right now. What is it that we've been holding in that needs to come out and then allowing it to be as childlike as it needs to be, you know, stick figures, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but there's really a healing uh, quality to that, similar to uh, writing, like you mentioned, or um, there, there's a lot of different ways that we can access those parts of ourselves besides just, you know, silent meditation, but actually where we're creating, we're expressing, and we're, we're letting it out. Yeah, and I think, um, I know you've described your painting process as meditative, and I'm sure there's listeners, and I hear it a lot, that people will be like, well, I can't just like sit and meditate. I'm just supposed to sit here <laughs> and be still. And yeah. do what? Like, I and I I can relate or, you know, understand that feeling of like, oh, I just want to crawl out of my skin by sitting and, and meditating. But actually, like, having developing a creative process can be a form of meditation or can be a practice that kind of puts you in that same mindset or that same sense of embodiment or that same kind of just like separation from the, the everyday. 
sort of thing, I think. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Especially, like you said, for those that have a hard time sitting still or, um, you know, don't have that supportive group uh, to to help hold that. It's really great to have like a form of active meditation, whether that's uh, walking meditation or like you said, with process art, you know, painting, drawing, scribbling, um, but just something where we can start to tune into ourselves um, in a more kind of accessible way and and see what's in there see what see what's wanting to express cool and so we're gonna take a short break um, here and then we're gonna get into oracle decks and specifically talk about your wisdom of the shadow oracle deck um, and yeah we're here with Jenny Han on every woman with KKFI we'll take a short break and we'll be right back and we are back here on KKFI with the Every Woman Show. Rachel, Fiona, and myself, we are joined by Jenny Hahn, the Kansas City-based artist, who has recently uh, released the Wisdom of the Shadow Oracle deck. So Jenny, I would love to just, for our listeners who are maybe new to Oracle decks, what what are they? Um, and you know, earlier we were talking about Uh, creative processes and all these kinds of tools that we can develop for self-discovery and I I definitely feel like oracle decks are a great personal tool for that so what's your own kind of like personal definition of what an oracle deck is Mm, great question you pretty much just said it for me (laughs) Um, I you know I didn't have a whole lot of experience with oracle decks and um, uh, my uh, partner Jessica who uh, wrote the book for this deck the guidebook that um, Uh, we've co-created this has a little more experience with them but for me oracle decks are like you said a self-discovery tool and um, you know they're similar um, to tarot decks but a little different Um, some listeners might be more familiar with tarot Um, tarot is uh, more of a specific uh, 78 card deck that um, has a long history goes back to probably around the 15th century Europe and and there's like certain suits and uh, the major arcana and so that's like a specific um, that's also kind of a, a self-discovery tool and and what's referred to as a divination tool oracle decks are a little different where there's not necessarily that same uh, structure of of the suits and everything um, oracle cards can or oracle decks rather can have uh, a varying number of cards. Our deck has 44 cards. Um, both of our decks. We can talk more about that later. Um, but yeah, it's really a tool for self-discovery. And so the creator of the deck um, kind of determines like what you know the theme of the deck and and what kind of depth it goes into. Um, one thing that I really love about Wisdom of the Shadow <laughs> about our deck is just the the depth of of the the guidebook and um the depth of the art too um but that some you know a lot of some oracle decks don't even have guidebooks but some have um some will have some information but this um what i love about this one is that we have like a transmission about each painting and then jessica has written several contemplations for each of these core core essence uh, cards basically and so each contemplation can be used as like a journaling prompt if you want 
um, it, it's it's a question to sit with in whatever way suits you. And then there's a ritual with each card that, it, and ritual, you know, might sound big and intimidating for folks, but ritual is just basically anything that, that you do with intention. Uh, getting up and brushing our teeth every day is a ritual. And so um, these rituals are very accessible. You don't need anything uh, specific usually. Uh, Jessica has given options of uh, if you don't have a certain material, you know, what you can use or imagine something in your mind. But they can be very simple, like, for instance, drawing out something or, um, uh, you know, a ritual you can do in front of your mirror or, um, you know, making statements or making funny faces and screaming or different things. So it's... um, this whole oracle is really a friend of mine recently referred to it as therapy in a box (laughs) because um and i want to be clear like this is not at all meant to replace therapy it's a great adjunct and actually a number of therapists are using it now uh, with their clients and groups but um you know some people go specifically to like card readers to kind of read them their give them a reading, give them a psychic reading, things like that. And, and this is a little different. You can do that, and I, and I have reader friends who are using it extensively uh, with their clients. Um, but this, this oracle is very uh, beginner, like user-friendly. Like someone like me that didn't really have a lot of experience with oracles, um, you can pick it up and there's, ex- there's uh, suggestions in the book for how to use it, how to approach it. Um, there's no right or wrong way and some people like to just flip through the cards and see what painting jumps out at them and like oh wow that is really speaking to me right now or oh I have a lot of resistance to that right now or um, there's just a lot of ways that it can be used and uh, you were asking me about my uh, art earlier and so uh, the last 20 years of my own healing work with process painting to come to wholeness in my own life, I've actually used that collections of, of paintings here for this deck. So these are paintings that like I never intended anyone in the public to see. <laughs> these are not the paintings I was exhibiting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I think of them almost as like visual journals and, um, and healing tools. And so it's kind of funny that here I am, okay, well actually I'm gonna publish them and make them accessible to the whole world. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's it's a testament to how, um, you know, back to that idea of shadow work, like these things that we think that the world doesn't want to see or that are less valuable within ourselves are like sometimes our greatest gifts. And sometimes yes. there's things that you just need to work through and sit with. But um, it's such a beautiful offering that your own personal practice is reflected in the deck and it's so beautiful and you have it in the studio today which is awesome um i would love for you to uh pull a card at random if you would like to um and maybe read a little bit of the message or just talk about the painting whatever you would like um i think that would be really fun sure absolutely and it may be maybe a message for somebody listening out there that they might be need to hear as well brought a candle (laughs) dim the lights oh well this is interesting the card that i pulled is the integration card which that is the word i was using to describe shadow work itself so how perfect is that the word of the day integration (laughs) the word of the day is integration so let me just um 
I'll pull up the book here and see what it says about it. So the name of the, and I know that our listeners can't see the artwork, but there's kind of a, it almost looks like a, a figure sitting, like kind of an abstract silhouette of a figure. It almost looks like it has a halo behind it. And there's this kind of being kind of at the heart space. It, it looks like almost a burst of energy, but it could also be interpreted as maybe like a, a little being itself. So. Um, the title of the art was in Inner Alchemy. And so it starts with an affirmation. I call all of myself to myself. All parts of me make up the wholeness of my being. And then it goes into a transmission about the art itself. Holding the me within me, illuminated, whole, complete, residing within my body, bursting with ecstatic presence, halo, energetic bodies, and self, aligned and here, fully connected, unconditional acceptance, radiating fullness from the heart. And then it goes into a basic description. Any piece of ourselves that we have rejected, pushed away, or made small is like putting together a puzzle and throwing out a few pieces because they aren't our favorite. If a piece of a puzzle is missing, we are literally unable to form a whole picture. Undesirable pieces of our, of our lives are still pieces of our lives. There are also many pieces of our lives that go unnoticed. When any lost, discarded, or unnoticed pieces are found and put in place, our lives come together and bring us a sense of wholeness. Integration is an invitation to take our experiences and bring them into our bodies and our deeper understanding so that we can, quote, walk the talk. When we integrate our experiences, we embody deeper understanding. Integration requires follow-through. We must be willing to not just seek, find the missing piece, but honor that it has a place, figure out where it goes and how it fits, and then to place it in the puzzle, our being. Each reclaimed piece creates the mosaic of our true self. Each part is worthy and deserving of love. Integration requires follow-through. Think about a time when you experienced something profound or life-changing. What wisdom can you glean from that experience? How can you integrate it for greater wholeness in mind, body, and heart? So something to think about. And now here's some contemplations to think about even further. These are the questions. Again, they make great prompts for meditation or for journaling. What parts of myself, what, excuse me, what are the parts of myself that I haven't seen in a long time? The second is, what are less desirable parts of myself I'd rather not see? And third, do I, do I feel like any piece of myself is missing? And then it goes into the ritual, so I'll share that as well. And again, this is something simple that you can do to kind of help integrate this entire message. Sit in a comfortable seat or find a place to lie down. Allow your eyes to close. Breathe deeply and intentionally. Notice your breath filling up all parts of your body. Speak out loud, I call all of myself to myself. Feel yourself breathing in and feel pieces of yourself returning to you here and now. 
Speak it as many times as you feel called. Notice what you feel. Notice any pieces that feel like they are, quote, missing, or pieces that, that, you, have, that you feel have returned. What do those pieces have to teach? What work can be done to integrate them? Notice yourself inhabiting your own body, mind, heart, and energy. Thank you. That was so so beautiful. I had a moment. I was I was tapped in. I was tapped in. Um, I really like what you said before you pulled the card about how the artwork can just provoke a response. And even before yes. you read the interpretations and the transmissions and things, that just looking at that picture can give you a response and yes. make you think about what you're seeing or feeling in that moment. And that's just really powerful. Just, you know, it sort of centers you in a way that um, all of a sudden you're present and fully present in that yes. moment. So. Yeah, Definitely. thank you, Rachel. Yeah, that's oh, like I was saying, there's so many ways to use this deck and some people will literally just like see a card and pull, you know, rather than randomly pulling a card, looking through the images and seeing which one has that that visceral response or reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love that question of what parts of myself have I not seen in a while or engaged with in a while. Um, yeah. I'm like, oh, that that like... I'm feeling that. I'm like, oh, I need to answer. It's a juiciness. I need there, to, huh? yeah, it's a juicy question. I'm like, I need to answer that question. I'm, 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 I'm feeling called to answer that question. Um, so yeah. you and Jessica have you collaborated on this uh, Wisdom of the Shadow deck, and you have another deck that you're going to be releasing soon as well. Um, I would love to hear about that deck and the inspiration behind it, also. Yeah, thank you. Um, the deck is um, in; it's being in print. It's being printed right now as we speak, and uh, we just had a Kickstarter campaign recently that pre-funded it. The next one is Wisdom of the Divine Feminine. And it's an oracle for heart-centered embodiment and wholeness. And uh, it's it's funny because when Jessica and I first met in 2019, randomly at a, at a women's uh, event. Uh, out in Sedona. So Jessica lives in Asheville, North Carolina. So we met randomly in Sedona and we immediately, uh, within a day of meeting and chatting, decided that we wanted to create an Oracle deck together. I had been wanting, I had held this intention for a long time and um, it just hadn't worked out yet. But meeting Jessica, it was like, okay, now it's time. Like, this is the person and this is meant to be. And we originally wanted to start with you know making this divine feminine deck and uh, because she saw my paintings she saw like these uh, you know powerful feminine figures and different uh, shapes and and colors and like bodies and and just was very moved uh, by the work and the energy behind it and the more we started talking the more we both were feeling drawn to the shadow because she asked if I had other pieces and I said, well, I have this whole other collection that I am never going to show the public. (laughs) And so, of course, that came first. (laughs) But um, we're really excited about the second deck um, that will be, it'll be released in probably around March of 2022. Um, But this deck utilizes, if you can almost think about the two decks as like shadows and light in a sense. Um, the the wisdom of the divine feminine is not um, well. First of all, we we intentionally made it inclusive and and not just for women. And and we uh, 
we, we wanted to keep this very much beyond binaries and just welcoming to anyone to tap these universal energies of the feminine, which are present and available in all of us. And uh, so we specifically don't talk about you know goddesses or wombs or things like that. It's very much these universal um, qualities of, uh, for instance, compassion, rawness, beauty, power, sovereignty, wholeness, love, receptivity, um, creation, these things that um, are, are present and available to us all and really that we feel like the world needs to embrace in order to come to a place of, of balance and justice and peace and, and health of the planet and, and of all people. So we're really excited about um, the new one that's on the way. <laughs> yes. I love that. And I love that message of um, the divine feminine being something for, ev- for everyone. And yes. I... I work with a lot of like divine feminine energy and I'm just a very, I ha- I have a lot of like feminine energy as well too, but I always try to let people know that it's like, that's, it's not speaking on a binary and it's not an exclusive thing, that it's something that is like within the earth and within all of us and yes, um, has so, so much like healing and uh, in your own practice, you know, drawing from the divine feminine is a part of like your work. Um, and how did that kind of come about within your own practice um, and in your painting and all of that? Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I have an answer for that. It happened very organically, um, one painting at a time, really. Um, I never really set out to be like, okay, I'm going to focus on the divine feminine in my art. It was kind of like, that's just what emerged. My, my process for painting, even in my studio work and what I exhibit, is very organic. And um, I don't usually start with an idea or concept so much as I start with motion, with moving, with color, and see what uh, wants to emerge. And so even my process itself is very is a very feminine, uh, if you will, um, way of approaching it, where I'm not trying to control the process or pre-plan it or execute it a certain way, but it's very much receiving an image. And so, yeah, over the years, one painting at a time, it's like I start to look and look back and see I have this theme here that wasn't dictated by me, <laughs> but um, that was received by me. And so um, I sometimes describe myself as being like a midwife uh, at the canvas, you know, of receiving these images. And, um, and there's definitely a theme to that. And I think, um, again, it, it feels like just what is uh, wanting to happen for, for greater balance um, in this world where we have so much striving and trying to control and uh, trying to manipulate nature and, and people. And it's like this divine feminine wisdom is, is emerging and uh, coming through uh, people's creative works and... Um, and just yeah i think it's this invitation to returning return to wholeness kind of like with the shadow work it's all about coming back to a place of wholeness and integration i love that and maybe for our listeners um anyone who's listening who maybe had a creative process previously and it's something that they want to tap back into or maybe they're just kind of feeling inspired from this moment to 
try that, are there any things that you do to kind of set the mood or set the stage or get into that space of creation? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, yes. So when I when I step into my studio and when I know I'm going to be painting, um, I, I really try to think of it as like entering a, a temple or the sanctuary, you know, and um, and that may sound a little silly, but it's bringing the sense of reverence to whatever we do, even if we hate what we've created. And before I leave, um, before I'm done for that session, before I walk out, I always, always will bow to the piece, to whatever I'm working, even if it's in progress. And like I said, even if I'm just revolted by it, like, you know, can't stand what I've made, it is honoring the process of it. And I usually go through a stage where I really don't like something that I've made, but it is a, like I said, it's an organic and gradual process to where that is part of its coming into being. And so if I'm rejecting it, then it may never even get finished, but it really humbles me to the process of, I'm just here to, to see it through. And it's amazing when I stick with it, like what can come about. So I would, I would encourage um, listeners to, uh, first of all, if you have separated from your creative practice, to absolutely come back, even if it means just carrying a sketchbook or a journal and, and allowing yourself to doodle or scribble in it, um, but to really see it as, uh, as uh, with reverence and that this is part of our power. Creativity is a life force energy that, uh, that wants to be expressed through all of us. And so giving ourselves those spaces and time and... Uh, and room to just be messy and to not like it even, but to do it, to absolutely do it. I think a lot of people have got separated from their creativity during the pandemic. An awful lot of people I know that have had a creative outlet have found themselves blocked, whether it's because they physically are unable to work in that space where they used to, especially people in, say, theatre arts or mm. whether it's an emotional blockage because of the way that the world seemed to be turning to fire. Yeah, yes. and yes. I think that, I think like during the pandemic, there is also kind of a weird pressure for people to be like extra creative or right. extra mm. this or that, like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, majority of people, there's lots of people that weren't in their normal workplace or weren't in their creative field or weren't doing that and they were at home or you know, coping and just having a human experience like all of us. And I, I've, I've felt that weird pressure before where I have, you know, what we call downtime, just like necessary time to, to be a human beat, to be a person <laughs> and be a body and all of that. Right. But I, I felt like a lot of people had experienced creative blocks. A lot of um, friends or people that I would talk to experienced creative blocks in that time or felt this weird pressure of like, I'm supposed to create some masterpiece or like finish renovation on my home or like do this other thing because right. suddenly there's this extra time when really that's like such, it's such a reflection of the ways that like our our um, society and our ways of working and things can be so like toxic and kind of, we're so, we're so entrenched in that like, I must be productive, you know, yeah. and I think creativity isn't necessarily a process that is productive um i love jenny right. that you described your studio as as like a sacred space 
Um, so I think it's it's so important for no matter like what someone's spiritual practices or spiritual beliefs is, but that idea of having having something to yourself that's sacred, whether it's just like you have a ritual and you drink a cup of tea in your garage or something, yes. <laughs> like you know, you go somewhere yes. to where you can just be alone and and be in sacred space. But I think that's like such a such a beautiful um i think everyone should have should be able to have some kind of place and i think everyone does whether or not they go there or not like everyone can think of a space or a time or a feeling or something that that kind of brings in that sacred energy absolutely yes i love that you bring that up and yeah, I love that you mentioned the tea in the garage. My studio actually is in my garage, so my garage is my sacred space. <laughs> but again, like I said earlier, even like a journal or sketchbook can also be our sacred space. Like even if we don't have physical space to turn to, it's like, or closing our eyes, you know, going within can be that sacred space. So, yeah. And I love that you spoke to the pressures that we've all been feeling like throughout the pandemic of like, be productive use this time as if it's like actual time to you know we're going through a lot of change and grief and everything and um and yeah so just i i think of creativity not so much as about producing something as it is the act of like the receiving the energy of creativity itself and so if we can live and be that rather than do that I think it's a different way to uh, look at that we're not looking for results it's the process itself and not the product that matters yeah, that's I think you hit the nail on the head with that exactly I mean at the beginning of the pandemic I was you know being working in the entertainment industry there there wasn't one for a very long time and yeah, at first I was ecstatic. It's like, oh my God, time off, and I can have all I can do all the things that I wanted to do, and that lasted for about ten days, and then I got covered with just malaise and this horrible depression. And I spoke to my therapist, and they just said, "Well, the problem is you're not being creative anymore. That's been sort of ripped away from you, and you need to find a way to be creative, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be in the entertainment industry. Just find something that taps into that part of you because that's what you're missing." Mm. And mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it was just the act of doing something, um, and and creating without expectation too is is huge because yes, yes. so, so much of the time we think well i have to create this masterwork of art and i need to sell it and i need to show it to everybody but in fact just doing the thing is what it's about just doing the thing yeah yeah and i've seen things saying if you want to be great at anything you've got to be willing to be bad at it so much of the time <laughs> we, we, that perfectionism that you were talking about earlier yes. we feel we've got to be perfect at it and particularly if it's a new skill and we're learning we're going to be bad at it and if we're not willing to be bad at it we're just going to say oh i'm no good at this i give up and throw it away right right exactly and that's even when we're in the middle of working on a piece again that's that having patience with it and with ourselves um to see where it wants to go and and i think that ties in so beautifully with shadow work (laughs) inviting all the pieces uh, to be present you know we're not rejecting anything yes Uh yeah and um that i love the message too of it's about the process not the product so much and it's I, f- I think everyone should have some kind of a creative process and we do and for me it's herbalism is a creative process and I love being able to tell that like 
I work with plants and make tinctures and things like that. And that's actually like, that's how I get my, that's how I get creative and that's how I engage with it. So it doesn't have to be, um, you know, something that people think of when they traditionally think of art. But I feel like it's so um, healing and wonderful to have a creative process and to just kind of let yourself be vulnerable, at least with yourself. Um, And so I think... Oracle decks and this one in particular, the Wisdom of the Shadow deck is cool because it's it's a moment for uh, letting yourself be vulnerable with yourself, and it's another mm. tool to where it's difficult to just sit in a chair and be like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable with myself. You know, like <laughs> what does that mean? Like what? <laughs> what exactly. does that? You know, what does that mean? But it's cool to have um, things like oracle decks or a creative process or journaling or some kind of a ritual where you can really sit with yourself and kind of reconnect or connect to those parts of yourselves that you you might not have spent a lot of time with in a while too um and i think that the deck is like such a great tool for that Mm. too yes yes there's so many tools available and i yeah i love how you put that because yeah, it can be very scary to, like you said, be, I want to be vulnerable with myself, but how do I, This, you know, it's good to have these uh, things that are sort of like invitations that open the door, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I can look at these images or I can pull a card and, and it can give me an entry point into myself. And uh, yeah, yeah, yes. a little less scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've got a friend, you've got a tool, you know, you're... You've got something to like help help pull it out. Um, so we're yeah. about to take a quick break. We've been talking with Jenny Han about shadow work, oracle cards, art practices, and we'll be back shortly here on KKFI Every Woman. And we are back on Every Woman here at KKFI. I am Julissa, your host, and we're joined in studio with Rachel, Fiona, and our guest today the artist and recent Oracle Deck collaborator, Jenny Han. Um, We talked a bit about your upcoming deck um, and we got into the Wisdom of the Shadow Oracle Deck. If any of our listeners in Kansas City are curious about the deck, um, where could they go locally to check it out? And maybe what are some places if they're like, hey, I'm, I want to see all the Oracle decks, like where would some good spots around the city be for people that are feeling inspired to check this out? Yeah, great question. There's a number of metaphysical shops uh, here in Kansas City and beyond that uh, carry a number of Oracle and Tarot decks, and um, specifically a few that um, I know for sure carry Wisdom of the Shadow. Um, uh, Aquarius has them, White Light, Casey Conjure, um, Mantra in Blue Springs, Third Planet in Lawrence, and then also a couple of non uh, metaphysical shops specifically uh, the unity village bookstore and cafe um, carries it and also the natasha ria gallery on 39th so those are places where you can like see it in person kind of you know and also look at other um, or other oracles and metaphysical tools awesome and how can listeners check out more of your work um, or if we have anybody tuning in outside of the city, where can they go to, to check out the both of the decks that we talked about today? 
Yeah, um, you can go to um, our website, uh, mine and Jessica's website, which is intuitiveartsandalchemy.com. And that has the Wisdom of the Shadow Oracle and the pre-order for the Wisdom of the Divine Feminine. So again, that's intuitiveartandalchemy.com. And also my website, um, just for my regular art, if you want to see that, is uh, jennyhanart.com. Awesome. And I have seen you um, in a couple like collaborative shows around the city. Not to put you on the spot, but how how many shows, like art shows, do you think you've done in Kansas City? Oh my gosh, in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A lot. A lot, yes. That's no, awesome. I actually, I've, I've started to try to compile a list because, um, yeah, it's things add up so quickly and um, yeah I've kind of lost track currently um, I do have original paintings on display at again at the Unity Village bookstore and cafe out at Unity Village so um, yeah that's where I'm showing currently and awesome I'll have to go check that out Um, to any of our listeners who may be new artists or maybe they've been long-term artists and they've never done like a gallery show or they've never kind of put their art out there, do you have like any advice or tips for kind of getting their toes in in the water, mm. so to speak? Well, there's lots of great uh, groups. I, I'm all about community, and so I, I suggest you know joining a group of other artists, and I'm actually very involved with the Unity Arts Ministry, uh, which is at Unity Village, and that's um, we offer different classes and workshops and then opportunities to show your work, and so that's a great resource. Um, I've also been involved with the Kansas City Artist Coalition before, and so um, there's just so many great communities of artists supporting each other that, um, and lots of opportunities to show, even if it's to show. Um, actually, there's another great resource through the um, through Arts KC. They have a now showing program. I think it's still happening where you can uh, show through local businesses. And they actually provide a stipend uh, for that to the artist, which is great because it's a lot of work to haul all your pieces and and hang and all that. And without guarantee of necessarily selling, um, great opportunity to be supported as an artist and get your work out there. Definitely. Um, Yeah, thank you for all of that. And you mentioned earlier that you you do classes and workshops and things like that. Um, With the Unity Arts Ministry, do you have any like current workshops or classes going on? I will soon. (laughs) We're starting to plan the 2022 calendar year. So um, yeah, if anyone's interested, um, it's unityartsministry.org. You can check out the schedule, which will be updated soon. And lots of uh, combinations of in-person and Zoom uh, online. So you don't even have to be local uh, to participate in those. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great resource. And I hope that um, this conversation just like encouraged people to get in that kind of creative space, get in that sacred space, get in that meditative space as well, too. Um, thank you so much for sharing the wisdom of the Shadow Oracle. And yes. I encourage our listeners um, to, to get a chance to check out Jenny's work, um, Jenny Han's paintings, to get more, you know, get the full story, I think, of talking with any artist. It's like, go check it out and get the full story. Um, we didn't really get to speak a lot about, like, your 
inspiration of color and that says that in your bio but I really feel that when I look at your paintings it seems like it's like oh well Mm. colors in all paintings um but like the card that you shared the integration card that you shared earlier there was just like this big burst of of flame of like yellow and red and beautiful color um and it's such like a awesome sensory release to tap into that to that like color or or like the moods of color and letting yourself experience them in a more um like visceral and energetic kind of way to it too i think it's really interesting and and telling about how cool the art is that you said it was had flames on it and there aren't really literal flames on that card at all but there are evocative things that can lead you to that which i think is wonderful than some of the some of what makes you know the oracle decks and art in general you know great because each person can take a little piece away from it so yes. that's really awesome yes. yes everybody sees something different and yeah Jalissa like you said color is healing like color uh, yeah I, I just love color and it it is healing in our lives mm-hmm. you know we could have a whole yeah. other show on color therapy totally like, <laughs> absolutely totally. Um, I like this question because it's it's with the color therapy and it's also kind of like a corny but like sweet question to ask an artist is that uh-huh. do you have a current favorite color or a current <laughs> color that that you're really like vibing on right now? Oh man, that is always such a hard question. But I will say that anybody who knows me and has seen my car and seen my water bottle, seen everything, I I am kind of partial to orange. <laughs> yes, the orange. <laughs> I see the water bottle. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to guess that because I, I cheated and I pulled up the websites doing this and I've been looking at all the pretty images. <laughs> yeah, orange is where I would have gone. But now all the other colors are going to be jealous. Oh, I love all colors. I really do. Yeah, it's funny if you ask that question of a graphic artist, they'll give you a Pantone number. Right. Yes. <laughs> Definitely will. Yeah. Um, Jenny, it was so great to have you on the Every Woman Show today. Thank you for getting into it, telling our listeners a little bit about what shadow work is, what it means to you. Um, exploring your creative process and also getting to read a passage from the book of your wisdom of the shadow oracle that was so beautiful um, and I appreciate you being here with us today oh, thank you so much Jalissa this was such a pleasure and Rachel and Fiona this has just been wonderful Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Every Woman. Join us every Saturday at 3 o'clock for another edition. Coming up next, however, is Urban Connections, followed by Unbossed and Unbothered. I'm Rachel, and have a wonderful rest of your weekend.